Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Father, once again this morning. We just want to lift your name on high. We just want to exalt your holy name. We just want to humble ourselves this morning in your presence, even as we've sung. Lord, you've already spoken to us, O Lord, through the worship that you indeed, O Lord, you humbled yourself and you became a servant and you washed our feet how much more we should wash wash one another's feet. And this morning, even as we, Father, once continue to meditate upon your word, I pray, Lord, for your unction to rest over all of us, your anointing to rest over all of us, O Lord, that you would grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, even as we establish, Lord, your patterns of thinking in our lives, I pray, Lord Jesus, that it will become a part of us. It will just not be head knowledge. That will become life, O Lord. For your word says that your words are spirit and life. I pray, Father, that Lord, that for you will grant us faith so that the word that we receive will, so that we, the word that we receive will profit us, O Lord. Father, uh, that even as we receive your word by faith, that you would, that we would experience an infilling of your Holy Spirit in our lives, O Lord. To that end, I pray that you would bless the speaking and the hearing of this word. And I pray, Father, that you would anoint all of us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say in this last hour of time. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Alrighty, so let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 to 22. We'll continue um, from where we stopped yesterday. Um, the objective of uh, uh, the teaching uh, is to ensure that all believers who are saved uh, will grow into becoming dwelling places for God in the spirit. Yeah. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, uh, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So the whole idea, of course, is to build a sanctuary for God in our own lives, that our lives, our bodies will become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and of course, all together will become a dwelling place of God in the spirit as a church, as well as a corporate entity as well. In order to do that, we've been admonished according to Exodus chapter 25, verse 8 and 9, and 26, 30. Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9, and 26, 30. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may, that I may dwell among them. Of course, now we don't, he doesn't just want to dwell among us. He wants to dwell in us and with us. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings just so you shall make it and verse 26 30 of exodus uh, it says and you shall raise up the tabernacle according to its pattern which you have uh, been shown you were shown on the mountain so he receives a revelation of as to how the pattern has to be constructed and of course that is a physical pattern that the church in the wilderness builds and god is um Exhorting all of us, indeed in the new covenant, to build a church where his spirit would be dwelt, will, will be comfortable to dwell in, and of course our own lives. In order to do that, he establishes patterns. And first pattern that we looked at yesterday was the pattern of doctrine. Yes, so let us just, uh, uh, yeah, yesterday, um, the pattern of sound doctrine. 
which is able to set us free from being slaves of sin to being slaves of righteousness, even as we obey that pattern of teaching from the heart. Okay, that is, we've been entrusted with that pattern of teaching, we, therefore we guard it, we become stewards of that pattern of teaching, so hold fast, Paul tells Timothy, to the pattern of sound words that you heard from me, okay, and then follow my life, my faith, my purpose, my long suffering, my perseverance, etc, 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 and that the pattern of sound teaching is absolutely crucial and important in these last days, and therefore we are trying to establish that, that pattern of sound teaching, and we looked at uh, another pattern yesterday, we looked at, of course, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, let's read that from verses 1 to 3. Um, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles. So there are elementary fundamental principles or fundamental doctrines. Uh, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. That's a fundamental doctrine. From dead works and faith toward God and the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead, of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. This is what we are doing. God is God, God permitting us. We will lay the foundation, the pattern of what repentance is. Yesterday we looked at, looked at that. We looked, we saw that the repentance is that fundamental doctrine that has to be established in our lives. The ability to change the way we think. That's, that's what repentance means. The Greek word is metanoia. Okay, the Hebrew word is shuv, from which we get the word to turn back. That means you take a complete 180 degree turn. You were going in one direction towards hell. That acts that lead to death. You're going in one direction. Let us continue this trajectory. No, we take a complete 180 degree turn and come back. Alright, that's what repentance is. It's a total shift in the way we were thinking. That's the reason why I like the word in Hindi. Man firao. Man firao. Ante, just turn the way you think. Just, <laughs> not 360, 180. Okay. 180, ekdam 180 shift. Okay. The Hebrew word is to turn back. Which means I was going in one direction. I take a 180 degree shift towards God. That's what it means. Repentance toward God. Acts 20, 20 and 21. If you look at that, it, uh, Paul kind of uh, amplifies what repentance is a little more. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly. So he was establishing, okay, the pattern of doctrine in the, at, at Ephesus. Okay, he taught them publicly from house to house and he also shed a lot of tears also. You'll see that, no? Testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks. What was that? Repentance toward God. That means completely turn toward God by putting your faith on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. So completely turn towards God. He was, he had a Jewish mind, of course, no? He was a Pharisee and he understands what repentance means. Completely shift the way you think. Be transformed. Okay, the Greek word is of course metanoia, to be, to start thinking the, uh, the way God would think, little by little, little by little. We also get the word metamorpho from that, metamorphosis. From a tadpole become a 
frog yeah you know he knows it no he cuts a lot of frogs i think when he was in bypc no you didn't cut a off thank god you didn't i i i heard my friends who were in bypc they said a frog stinks so <laughs> from a tadpole to a frog i didn't want to use the other ones but yeah you know what i'm talking about right from a tadpole to a frog tadpole to a frog complete change there's no there's no comparison between how the thing started and what it turns out to be that is metamorpho completely change the way you think and you know that will not be evident to you you know that it's an organic thing it will be evident to others that's the reason why it says it to paul tells timothy let your change and your growth be evident to others it will be evident to others not to you necessarily not even to the people who are close by you because they know you okay little delta x changes slow but delta x variations has to happen every day okay you need to understand that to be transformed and this is a lifelong process of changing your mind so initially you take those that 180 degree shift in the way you think and constantly by the water of the word instead we looked at that right by the washing of water by the word get rid of all false ideas every day and start um, replacing or every thought that exalts itself every imagination every pretense every ideology and replace it with uh, the word of god brainwashing in a, in one sense god has to do a brainwash lot of people say hey you've been brainwashed thank you i take that as a compliment in other words i don't th- think the way you think basically right i can i i refuse to think the way you think and the fact of the matter is that it says the spiritual man is able to discern all things but a man of the world or a natural man he cannot understand the things of the spirit of god of the, of the spirit of god because it is foolishness to him he is not able to judge but you on the contrary you are able to judge what is natural what is spiritual you are able to do that and that to that maturity god wants to take us slowly incrementally hopefully every day and that's what we are doing here in romans chapter 12 we know this very well verse 2 will say being transformed metamorphosis by the renewal of your mind the mind constantly has to be renewed in the thinking process so that you may know what is the good acceptable and perfect will of god okay so more and more and more you'll be conforming yourself to the will of god not to your own will hmm? constantly exchanging my thoughts for god's thoughts constantly exchanging my crooked ways okay <laughs> okay crooked ways to god's ways my ways are crooked to god's ways and when what is happening in order for this to happen there's one pattern that is going on in our lives what is happening we have been confronted we looked at that right we have been confronted we have been we, we confess and we cleanse and we are commissioned okay so confrontation by the truth is happening every day of our lives we have been confronted by the truth of the word of god and even as we are confronted by the truth uh, we confess and god cleanses us and then he conforms us a little more uh, to his image that's exactly what second timothy chapter 2 verse 24 to 26 will say second timothy chapter 2 verse 24 to 26 I want to enumerate just look at how this beautiful was and a servant of the lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach and patient okay let us let god make us such servants okay right sir in human in in humility i like that in humility correcting those who are in opposition so there a lot of opposition party people also you know it's parliament only 
Okay, there is there is the, there is the ruling party that is only one one person that is Jesus, and the rest of the world is opposition party, and we are also there on the other side. So the, you see, I'll tell you something now. The ability of a leader is having the knack to change those who are in opposition to see his point of view. If he's able to do that, then he is successful as a leader. Not to destroy opposition by killing them all. That is not that is not a leader. A leader is a person who has the has the tenacity, the courage of conviction, or the character in order to be so persuasive in what he is convinced about to live it and to what is it, bank his life upon it. And when people say that, and I said they they'll say, "Boy, they're convinced." That's exactly what happens. In, that's what Peter says that they may behold your good works and glorify God in the day of their visitation. When God visits them, they'll say, "Yeah, that guy was right, man." You see, so that is what that is that is the knack of knack of a of, of a leader. That's exactly what Jesus did. He never went and slaughtered everybody and said, "Come on now, think the way I think." He could have done that. But he, he didn't do it. In humility, he corrected those who were in opposition, even his own disciples. And then they started thinking the way oh, he started thinking. Shatru ne jainchiram ante vani champanam gaadu. Vani odinchiram. Ardhavinda? Dialogue? Hmm? You know, you know what, the, the, what, 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 let me just translate it. Uh, if I have to win over an enemy, I should not kill him. I should defeat him. If I have to win over an enemy, I should not kill him. I should defeat him. Meaning, I should defeat his ideology. And if, and if, how can I defeat his ideology? Defeat his ideology and make him my friend. In other words, if I have made him to think the way I think, that's it. That's exactly what God is doing. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If, God perhaps will grant them what? Repentance. So if God has granted you repentance, there are four things that are happening. Or at least five things over here. First thing that is happening is that you know the truth. Second thing that is happening is that you you come to your senses. Third thing that is happening is that, that you will escape the snare of the devil. Fourth thing that is happening to, that, to you is that, that you are delivered from de- doing the devil's will or your own self-will in doing God's will. Four things are happening. If you have genuinely repented, four things are happening in your life. First thing, you come to know the truth. That's exactly what Jesus tells in John's Gospel chapter 8 verse 31 and 32. Look at what he says to the Jews who believed in him. Testifying to the Jews and to the Greeks. No. To the Jews who believed in him. 31 31. 31 and 32. John's Gospel chapter 8. And Jesus said to those uh, Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, or some, uh, some other translations will use the word, if you continue in my word, if you continue, if you allow the word of God to continue to cleanse, not just listen to the word one day. Like pastor said yesterday, you know, listen, let, let the word of God wash you once you come back from office, from every day. From, because you've you've gathered a lot of ideologies from the world, you've you've spoken lots of nonsense to others, you've agreed with somebody, you've disagreed with somebody. So many things are happening. Take a message and learn. Let the word of God cleanse your mind. Okay. So if you continue to abide in my word, you are my 
disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Again he says three things. What does he say? Continue in my word. First thing. Second, if you continue, you are indeed my disciple. Meaning, you have to become a disciple. Be disciplined in continuing in my word. That's what a disciple does. What does he do? Morning by morning, he awakens. And he gives his ear to the Lord. And God speaks his word into him so that he will have a word to speak those who are weary in season. And he has a tongue of a what? A tongue of a disciple. He has a disciple's tongue because he has a disciple's ear. And he is just not doing it one day. It's a discipline. Let me tell you something. In Christianity, you know you have broken through when you are able to do certain things consistently. You understand? If you are able to, for example, if you are, how do I know that I have broken my the covetous spirit inside of me? And if I am able to continuously, consistently give, and not only just give a little, keep on increasing my given giving as even as the days progress, then I know that I have broken through. One day, flash in the pan. One day, I'll give, let's say, one crore. For the next twenty-five years, I'll not give anything. That is not giving. continuously, consistently, meaning uh, there's a pattern that has been established in my life. That is that is when I know that I've broken through. So, if I continue in my word, then I am God's disciple. There's a consistent pattern of obedience that has been established in your life. And that's exactly what God has done to all of us, at least, no? Over a period of 55 days, boss, we never even thought that these things will become a part of us and it's thank God for it. What a privilege God has merciful to us. What a grace and a privilege that God has given us so that that one continuous pattern, you shall keep us, keep us in good stead if we continue in this pattern for the rest of our lives. So that is a disciple. A disciple is a one who's got one pattern which is established. There's a pattern of God. Of course, it's not a pattern of the world, a pattern of God. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and that, that Pattern has to be established consistently. You are not just doing help one day and the next day you are not, next day you are tired. That is not discipleship. Disciples don't complain. That's what, that's what Paul tells, uh, uh, tells Timothy. He says, end your hardship as discipline. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, do not entangle yourself in civilian affairs, but Try to please, or rather you should please, not try to please. Please him who has entrusted you into his army. Yeah? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So consistent patterns have to be established. So, you know what it means? In other other words, when a particular situation has come up, let's say a situation arises, people know how you will respond. They already know. The trust has already been established. I don't know what Gujar is going to do in this circumstance. Whether he'll obey or not. No, we already know. What he's going to do. That is what I'm talking about. Consistency is the key. Yeah? Otherwise, nobody will take anybody in the cricket, in the, into, the, into the cricket. I mean, there should be one guy who's consistent. At least who'll hold the whole innings together. Drop it. And of course, Pujara now, who does not play, by the way, he does not play uh, one-day internationals and uh, 2020s. Do you know that? 
Chateshwar Pujara from Gujarat, yes, from your place, he does not play 2020s and he does not play one day internationals. I, I tell you, I said this guy, he has not gotten himself adulterated. This man is a Puritan. <laughs> really man, honestly. Because see, if you play 2020, you can make tons and tons of money. That guy refused to play 2020. What a, what a guy. And that is the reason why you can bank upon his wicket. If that fellow goes onto the stadium, into the cricket stadium, and if he's playing the cricket match, you can be sure that fellow is going to hold onto the sport for the next 90 overs. He will get hit, he will get, you can do anything to him, but he is not going to give his wicket, period. He may not score many runs, but that's a point. That's what we call as dropping anchor. Cricket terms, sheet anchor position. <laughs> you see, this is what I'm talking about, no? See, consistency is the key. Discipleship is consistency. So if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And if you continue in my word, then you shall know the truth. You cannot know the truth one day. Continuously you should hear, keep on hearing, then you will know. Why should God give you the truth, Baba, just like that? If you are not serious. Right, whom did they teach doctrine? To those who got Baptized, not just saved. Ah. Why should we waste time on those people who do not want to be dead to the world? Give us a, give, give us a, at least some kind of a uh, proof that you are interested in it. How do, how do I know that you are interested when you have gone into the waters of baptism and said, I am dead to this world, at least to the best of my knowledge and to my flesh. To them they taught what? Doctrine. Truth. Because those are the people who will be interested in continuing in discipleship, in, in the apostles' doctrine, continuing in fellowship, continuing in breaking of bread, continuing in prayers. And the truth will continuously set you free. Hurry. These are all patterns, Baba. This is not just one day you will get it. No. Understand that. Okay. So, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Okay. And the, and what is the truth? God is truth, the Son is truth, the Word is truth, the Spirit is truth, and the church it should be the pillar and ground of truth. The What is truth? The Word is truth. You know, one psalm which, has, which gives us 176 dimensionalities of the Word of God. Which is that psalm? Okay, let me just give you a sample. I don't want to go into the 176 dimensionalities. Okay, let me just give you a sample to whet your appetite so that you'll go and study. Some... Some, what do you call, pearls of, let's read from verse 1 onwards, okay, of Psalm 119. Verses 1 to 11 first, if I'm right. Look at every word. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So what, how do you keep yourself from being undefiled? By walking in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who seek his testimonies, who keep his testimonies and who seek him with the whole heart. So how do you, how can you be happy and undefiled? By seeking his testimonies. Blessed means happy. 
That's happy means joy, basically. He's not talking about the happiness. They, because they uh, they walk in the law of the Lord, they also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. And then He says, "You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently." And then He look, 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 look at His prayer. Next verse, prayer, prayer, prayer. Oh, the prayer. Oh. That my ways were directed to keep your statutes. <laughs> Lord, make my ways your ways. He's, that's his prayer. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. Look at this man. No wonder this man is a man after God's own heart. This is the kind of revelations he had about what the word of God does to him. And the different fragments of the word of God, statutes, commandments, judgments, precepts, testimonies. We never knew that the law... Look at that. And then verse 7. I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When? When I learn your righteous judgment, then I will have an uprightness of heart. Then I will be able to praise you. Lot of people praise without any uprightness of heart. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. You see, next verse. Verse 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? Question mark. Answer, by taking heed according to your word. That's exactly what uh, what Isaiah tells uh, Ahaz. First one, take heed, exactly. Be quiet, don't be faint-hearted, don't fear. How can a young man, all young men over here, young men, young women, young men to be children, how do you think you'll be able to be clean, clean in your way? By taking heed according. According, that means my life should accord to the to the word of God. Hmm? With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not what wander away from you. You know, you know what he says: prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. I mean, it's as if this guy has got a map, right? Wander, keep me. This is like, it's like he's, he's, he's on a pilgrimage to a particular destination, spiritual destination. And he's saying, Lord, ensure that I have all my spiritual gyroscopes absolutely in order. Calibrated to the T, tachometer. So that I know my speed, I know my attitude, I know my altitude. Then, verse, verse 11, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you? Kya baat hai? Verse 104. Look at this man. This is beautiful, okay? Some pearls, okay? We can, maybe one day we should just enjoy this psalm, okay? Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate. Oh, ho, ho, ho. How do I conform to the, to the, but to the, to the, to the pattern? I do not conform to the pattern of this world, but how do I conform to the mind of God? By hating, just not by rejecting false way. I should have a hatred to the false way. There should be an emotion that rises up against me when I look at something false and I said, Lord, I should hate this. Through your precepts, I get understanding so that I have the right kind of emotions towards something which is false. I should hate the way of Balaam, the doctrine of Balaam, the doctrine of covetousness. I should hate the doctrine of Jezebel, the doctrine of seduction. I should hate the doctrine of Pharisees. What is it? The doctrine of hypocrisy and pretense. 
I should hate the doctrine of Herodians. What is the doctrine? It's a doctrine of what? Of compromise. You see? And then verse 105, look at what it says. Same verse. Can you put 104 and 105 together? It's very nice. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Ashatoma, Sadgamaya, Tamasoma, Jyotirgamaya, Ocheshin Manadgi. And then another song, another thing. We'll look at, we'll look at this, okay? This is 113. Same Psalm. 113 and 114. Hmm? Beautiful. Put them together. I hate the double-minded. But I love your law. You know what it says in the KJV? I hate vain thoughts. I hate the double-minded. See, look at this. I just, just don't want to be double-minded. <laughs> I should have the right kind of an attitude towards the level mind. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. Thou art my hiding place. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. How? Thou art my hiding place and my shield because I hope in your word. And of course, we looked at yesterday's beautiful verse, no? Look at this. It's 96. Boy, what a word this is, man. I have seen the consummation or the end to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Just not broad. Exceedingly broad. Meaning, one of your thought can it's so broad that it cannot, I cannot just get my mind around it. You know, we sing that song, God's love is so wonderful, so wide, I can't get around it. Yeah, I can't get around it, absolutely. Why? How can you love a sinner like me, Lord? A guy who goofs up every day. I can't get around it. Exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. I hope it is our confession too. Hopefully. And verse 50. Look at this. <laughs> look, this, I love this, okay. This is my comfort in my affliction. Are you, are you, are you in your, are you in an affliction? Are you in affliction? He says, this is my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me life. Verse 67. Before I was afflicted, <laughs> I went astray. But now, I keep you around. After I got two wax, now I learnt your way. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Now I learnt your way. Nice. Before, I should put it as your, uh, as your bumper sticker. Uh, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Now I know your way. Huh? Verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. <laughs> that I may learn your statutes. Boy, 176 dimensions. Meditate upon it and enjoy. Okay, I'm just going to leave you there. Okay. So you, if you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples and you shall continue to know my truth and the truth shall set you free. So what is the first act of repentance? What does it do? It, it makes you to know the 
truth. That is repentance. If God grants you repentance, what happens is that you will begin to know the truth. Second, they will bring you back to your senses. Light batti You'll be able to see the way God sees. Yeah, Second Timothy chapter two, verses uh, twenty-six. Yes, yeah, twenty-six. That you you will come to your senses. That's exactly what happened to that uh, prodigal son. Now, when he came back to his mm, senses. That's the that's the beginning of repentance. Your senses, all your spiritual senses, are suddenly quickened. You're suddenly quickened in your senses. You'll say, "Boy, I was blind. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see." Oh, are you blind? Pharisee said, "Do you think we are blind also?" If you said. You had sin, you would not have been blind. Because now you say that you see, Anaya, your sin remains. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, according to your loving kindness and your tender mercies. You know what? The coming back to your senses means, let me tell you something. Who is the person who loses his senses? A man who's, excuse me? Okay, other than a person who is not, not mad, drunk, thank you, yeah, that's what he said, Peter says, okay, <laughs> okay, exactly, 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 a guy who is drunk is not in his senses. Movies give some incredible jokes on this now, how this fellas can be in other words, a guy, you know, there's, there's a there's a scene in a particular Telugu movie, okay, long time back. So this fellow is completely drunk. So he asked this auto, take me to my home. Okay. So that fellow sits in the in the auto and he just does one turn. And then he, and he just one, one turn <laughs> and the guy says, uh, your home has come. And he come, gets out of his auto and he looks at the bar again. Oh, this bar has opened a branch next to my home. That's what he says. He's gone. It's funny, but it's a sad reality. Because you have no discernment at all. So what does it mean to get back your senses? Means you get back your sober mind. That's what it means. You, there's a sobriety which comes back into your, your into your mind. You're able to think. You're not drunk with the world in which is excess. You're drunk now with the Holy Spirit. You're able to see. You'll be able to discern. Your senses have been quickened. That's what repentance does. If you have been, if you're truly, genuinely repented, sobriety returns to your mind. What is sober? That means you are in control. There's self-control that comes into your mind. That's what it means, right? Repentance means what? Uh, what is sobriety? Means you're you're, un, you're in a, under control. You're you're not given over to excess, basically. There's a te- you're temperate in all things because you don't want that to affect your senses, your spiritual edge, so to speak. So 
so that they will return to sobriety is what it means to come back to your senses meaning. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 5 to 7. It says, um, you are all sons of light and the sons of day. Okay. That means you are able to see. You are no longer a philosopher. Blind man in a dark room searching for a black cat which is not there. And the problem is, he finds it. Adi, that is what doctor philosophy means. All philosophies and ideologies of darkness. Darkness. Ignorance. And the more wise you are in the world, you are absolutely ignorant of the ways of God. You know that? So much in darkness now. Thick darkness has engulfed the world. The mind-blinding spirit like Pastor was talking about yesterday. People are just literally staggering. They don't even know. That's exactly what it says, right? The path of the wicked is what? Is what? It's like darkness. He doesn't know what causes him to what? Stumble. He doesn't know. There's snares all around and he's just literally stumbling one on the other, one on the other, one on the other. So he says, you are the sons of the light and the sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. And therefore, what does he say? Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. So what has happened if you are repented? You know what has happened? Batti jal gaya. Dimaka, basically. Okay. You've been enlightened now. Buddha had to sit for five years, I think. I don't know how many years he had to sit and do tapasya under the tree and then he got enlightened. But you don't have to wait for such long. Just repent. God, if God grants you repentance, this is exactly what is going to happen to you. You are enlightened now. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober for those who sleep, sleep in the night. And those who get drunk, get drunk in the night. That means, don't be drunk with this world. Be sober. Do not lessen that spiritual edge that you have received. And make it even more sharper and sharper. The more you repent, meaning, the more you are able to change your mind, exchange your thoughts for God's thought, your ways for God's ways, your crooked ways. Let me let me just qualify our ways. Okay, they are all crooked regardless. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. It has to be exchanged, not made straight. Throw that thing out and replace it with the waves of God. And therefore we should say, Lord, show me your ways, teach me your paths. That means what should you have? Ah, thank you, a teachable spirit. Is it okay? And then 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5. Be, but you be watchful in, ah, in all things. Sober in all things. Endure afflictions. 
do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You have a ministry. Every one of you has a ministry that has been entrusted into your hands. Doesn't matter where, what background you have come from. You have a ministry and if you want to fulfill the ministry that God has entrusted into your hands, you have to be sober, watchful. That means sober, retain that sense of edge. Sharpen your senses, especially your hearing and your seeing. Hearing, seeing. If you start believing, then you will see. It's not see and believe. You start believing and then you will see. How do you believe? How does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Therefore, you should take it as to how you hear and take it as to what you hear. Both these things are absolutely important so that your hearing especially becomes sharper and sharper and sharper as the days go by. First Peter chapter 1 verse uh, 13, if you can put it in the ESV. I like that in the ESV. Chapter 1 verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for kya baat hai? Okay. Light camera. Ah, action. Okay. Prepare your minds for action. Being how? Sober minded. How do I know that I've received the truth? And how do I know that the all the demons have been delivered from my life. You know what it says in, you don't have to turn there, Matthew, Matthew chapter 8 verse 28, when Jesus goes to the guys of Gadarene, he drives out those demons, and you know what happens? That guy is sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind. Right mind. So, prepare your minds for action, being sober minded. Set your hope, not on your own strength, Baba. Fully, not partially. That means if I have to live this kind of life, my life has to be fully dependent upon the grace that will be brought forth to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is completely upon the grace of God. Nothing else but His work. Work of grace. Okay. I labored more than all of them. Yet not I, but by the grace of God. I am what I am because of the grace of God which is in me. And God gives Grace to the humble. We know that. That is the reason why we need to have a what mind? Humble mind. First Peter chapter 3, same. Same uh, chapter 3 verse 8, if I'm right. 6, 7, 8. Finally, yeah, 8. Finally, all, all of you in ESV, okay? Finally, all of you have unity of mind. Bah! So difficult, no? All of you have the same knowledge, same love, same... Mind, it says in Corinthians. Now you have that kind of a perspective. If it is on the, it's based upon the word of God, have it. Why are you struggling there? What's plan B for you? Fully on the grace of God. Have a unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart and a humble mind. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7 now. Look at this is in ESV, okay? The end of all things is at hand. Every day we are learning that. We are not even, we are in border time, pastor saying. Borrowed time. Not even, grace period is also over. <laughs> it is borrowed grace. I, think, I don't know if you have to pay back with interest, but I don't know. Borrowed grace. End of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded. For what? For the sake of your prayers. Oof. 
see, don't lose your edge. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. What does it say? Be sober minded, be watchful for your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He wants to make you fearful because it roars. No, roars mean what? It wants to make you fearful. That's the reason why if you can't stand firm in faith, you will not stand at all. So therefore what? Take it. Shut up. Don't fear. Don't get faint hearted. Be quiet. I mean, shut up means don't, don't be quiet. Basically be still, be at rest. So that's the second part of what repentance does. If God has granted you repentance, first thing, what will you, what will you do? You will know the truth. Second thing, continuously know the truth. Second thing, what will, what will happen to you? You become sober minded. You'll come back to your senses. You will return to your senses. Boy, that is incredible, isn't it? You'll return to your senses, meaning now you're, 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 you're able to exercise the, your senses the way you're supposed to exercise your senses. Got it? What are the senses that we have? Eyes, ears, smell, taste, touch, and what else? I pay the matam. I pay five five over, no? Taste and see that the oh that means the word of God does it taste like honey for you? That's a taste. Because there's a that's what Asher had. You know what Asher had? He had food. Food which deserves food for the king. Not just ordinary. We are all becoming kings. No. So kings have a diet baba. They don't just eat any other food. Okay, I'm not talking about Nizams here who ate like crazy and became pot-bellied and diabetic later on. That's what many of the Nizams know. Full halim halim kahan se aaya? Pura Nizam ka khana hai wo. Most unhealthy diet on planet Earth. <laughs> full of ghee. Full of mutton. All red meat, ghee, and those pillows eat, 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 eat during fasting. That's remarkable. And it's, it's a fact they've done statistics that by the end of Ramadan, they actually put two or three kilos of weight more on an average because of fasting. Integrated over all the years that they have fasted. Fasted. Hmm? Remarkable. Anyway, that's besides the point. So, so you are, you've come back to your senses. And third one, it says, you escape the snare of the devil. You know where the devil has laid traps. You know what's the biggest trap of the devil? Pride. Biggest trap. Snare. Boy. Since last night, God is teaching me, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Pride. Big trap. Biggest trap. You know, that's the one sin which originated in a perfect environment. Think about it. The perfect heavenly I will, 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 five times. 
Sneha. That's the reason why he says, whenever you employ people, or rather, oh, not employ, what am I saying? Whenever you, what's the other word? For uh, appoint, yeah. When you, whenever you appoint people into leadership positions in the church, he says, he should not be a recent convert. Otherwise, he'll be puffed up with pride and he will fall under the condemnation of the devil. There in First Timothy chapter 3. You don't have to turn there. Should not be a recent convert. Hmm? So, pride, snares of the devil. Snares everywhere. Snare of internet pornography. Many of them, it's a big snare. And they keep on falling in that snare. Now they are not in that snare, they are, and it's like a spirit of python around them now. It's literally sucking out their life, they don't even know it. There's a snare. So first, so if you come back to your senses, you will be able to escape the snare of the devil. That is repentance. Do you know that? One of the ways that you have known that your your repentance is, 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 is becoming better and better and better, you are able to discern the snare of the devils in every area of your life. You know, if you go that route, that fellow is there waiting. You know it. You know it. Escape the snare of the devil. How Jesus escaped the snare of the devil? It is written. It is also written. Both. That is how he escaped. It's a living word, no? He took that living word from his sword, the spiritual sword. I mean, I don't know. The spiritual warfare, but he might have hurt him very badly. Like uh, Christian does Apollyon. What a war that is. Charan got so excited when I was teaching them that. <laughs> Never forget. I used to put them in the cliffhanger. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about the war. No, don't stop. Okay. <laughs> okay. Christian does Apollyon. Okay. Escape the snare of the devil. Unforgiveness. Snare of the devil. That's exactly what God tells him, no? Hand him back to the tormentors. Escape the snare of the devil. The fourth one, you are delivered from doing the will of the devil, which is your only will, and being delivered to do God's will. That is ultimate deliverance, no? Delivered to do his will. That is repentance. That is actual freedom. Actual freedom is when to do whatever you want to do. When you, whatever you want to do is the right thing to do. That is freedom. Your will has now completely become God's will. Not my will. But yours be done is the ultimate goal of a repentant mind. So that is nothing but what? The mind of his son. So what kind of a mind does his son have? Right? We have to ultimately be conformed to the image of his son because it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 to 4 uh, actually 3 to 4, yeah. And put it in the KJV if you don't mind bro, please. 
Look at what it says. <clears throat> but if a gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world has blinded, not their eyes, their mind blinding it. And that's exactly how people are totally oblivious to the spiritual reality. Completely saturated in Netflix and YouTube. And web series which are getting viler and viler and viler. Because there is no censor board for web series. What kind of horrible things. I mean, I think the heart of Bollywood was is getting revealed now. Literally. Because Bollywood was constant all those days. They couldn't do anything because there was a censor board which will take away a lot of scenes. Now, now because of web series, people are consuming uh, entertainment piece by piece, individually. They can do anything now. Anything. No restraints. And people are hooked onto that. They wait and wait and wait for web series. Do you know that? They will never wait for the next word of God. But they will wait for the web series. I know people in my universities, they used to watch web series like 24 by 7 for 3, 4, 5 days continuously. Big Bang Theory, season 1, season 2, season 3, season 4, season 5, season 6, season 7. Finished. Friends, season 1, season 2, season 3, season 4, season 5. Oh, another Just go on and on and on and on and like that. Blinded. Completely oblivious to the spiritual reality that is going on. And you are completely trapped by the demon of entertainment. It is no longer just entertainment for entertainment's sake. So you should see the lust in 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 uh, in uh, some of crazy fellows movie buffs. Okay, first day, first show they have to see any movie. That is their <laughs> that's their lust. They will do whatever they want first day, first show. They'll be last to come to the church, first to go to the theater. That's unbelievable how we have completely swapped the value system of God. I mean, this, I mean, God is teaching all of us. We were all like that, right? Boy, what kind of movie was we were. Wasted time, so much of time. Some people said, did you watch that movie? Did you? I, I asked people, no, do you watch that movie? No, I said, I, I didn't watch it. Now I say, you know what, brother, you didn't miss anything. Thank God you didn't watch it. None of my relatives, he never watched movies. And I talked to him, I envy him, I said, boy. You're a blessed man. You never watched anything. He said, which I don't know. I don't like them. I said, ah, you didn't miss anything. Don't worry. (laughs) Really, you didn't miss anything. (laughs) Of course, there are some clean movies for sure. But how many of us watch clean movies, Baba? Clean movies is in once in a blue moon they come. Right? So whenever they come, you watch. I don't have a problem. But now, week after week, Friday to Friday, you have nonsense coming only. Entertainment has become a huge industry. And what happens is that you bring that entertainment spirit into the church and the problem is people are entertained and not listening to truth. They don't have the capacity and the appetite to receive truth at all. And there's a sad reality of the church in the last days. Give them drama and uh, choreography for one hour, 25 minutes. They will all see. But 25 minutes of what they get it's a, it's a, it's, it's unbelievable. It is a dangerous judgment on you. Don't you even realize that? You're taking it lightly? 
choreography. You should see every youth meeting I've gone outside this church now. They waste so much of time in this game and that game and you know why? Because they don't have the anointing and the word to arrest a congregation. They don't have it. It's a judgment on the eldership itself. Because you have allowed that world to creep in and now you're, you're catering to the felt needs of people and not to their real spiritual needs. God is able to arrest a congregation. What do you need for that? Anointing. That's exactly what Elijah did. All you fellas, come here. <laughs> come here. Let me demonstrate now. Paul continued preaching, preaching, preaching. Whole night, Eutychus fell down, dead. Resurrected him from the dead and continued preaching. He went there and he said, ah, he's, not, he's not dead. He's okay, don't worry, he'll get up. Third floor, sir, bhai. Can you imagine? People fall from the f- f- seat only these days. Forget about third floor. It's a real, unbelievable judgment on the last day's church. You don't have the capacity to listen to God's word. It's unbelievable. I think Jesus would have gone to synagogue. How many days he was there? In the the temple seeking and asking questions? Three days! The very word of God, when he became flesh, he has to sit there three days in the temple asking questions and hearing. You and I, who are born in sin, shaped in iniquity, who still have to fight the old man, it's okay. 20 minutes till I You don't have the capacity to the word of God. I don't know what we are going in these last days, what we are doing in these last days. No, especially. So, we have to have this mind. What kind of a mind? Here it says, in whom the gods of this world has blinded their minds who do not believe less the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine in them. So ultimately if we have to be conformed to the image of his son that means we have to be conformed to the way that he thinks. Positionally it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 we all have the what of Christ? Mind of Christ. But what is the mind of Christ? Mind of Christ is essentially an attitude. What is it? An attitude. Let me show you that attitude. Turn to Philippians. We know this very well. Eight attitudes. Okay? Eight attitudes. I want to enumerate. Which should be the ultimate goal of repentance. Repentance matlab, we have been conformed to an attitude of the mind. That's what it says, right? Be trans, uh, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. NIV will say, be renewed in the attitude of your mind. Because your mind has a posture. It has got a point of view. This is what I think. Etc, etc, etc. It's got a pose. It's got a, a, a defiant <laughs> nature. Oh. Big deal, huh? Something like that. Very defiant. That fellow has to be tackled. Usko tackle karna. Wrestle karna uske saath. Neeche gira ke do lagana. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you have to tackle that fellow. How to tackle? Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> if you can put it in NIV, it will be great. 
NIV or I'll tell you when to change to from NIV to other mind, other IVs. Okay, so uh, so <laughs> we will go to um, first uh, NIV from verses five onwards, bro. Your attitude, you see that, should be the same as Christ Jesus. That's what I told you. It's an attitude. That's what I told you, right? Attitude. I'll tell you what attitude means. You know, uh, when they send satellites into space, we, there's a control system that which we develop. What is the control system that we develop is we control the attitude of the satellite. What do we control? The attitude of the satellite. What is, is it is what, it, it is what we call as attitude control in engineering. You know, we call it attitude control. What is attitude? It's not altitude control. It's Attitude control. What is attitude control? That fellows should have a particular orientation to receive and transmit signals. So what happens is because it's being hurled at such speed and it's now in the in that uh, whatever geosynchronous orbit, time to time that fellows orientation keeps changing. So there'll be thrust motors in the in the in the in the satellite which kind of you know, get ignited or that energy gets ignited to, to ensure that the particular attitude is, uh, is maintained in order for the signals to be transmitted. For example, at least in, in the uh, early, uh, uh, during the Cold War days when the, there was a tremendous uh, production of submarines. How do you know that, how did they control the attitude of the submarines? Which was like, let's say about, um, a few, few thousand meters into the, into the depth of the sea. You know how they controlled it, their attitudes, the, the positions of the, of the submarine. They would send a satellite 25,000 miles away. I mean, a signal 25,000 miles away into the satellite. And the satellite would send back control to the submarine and, and ensure that its attitude is controlled. So, and, so satellites have supposed, are supposed to have an attitude so that they can continuously receive signals and transmit signals. Similarly, you and I have to have a, con- a particular attitude, what we call as a pose, so that we can receive signals and transmit signals, signals from God and give it to others. And that is what we call as attitude. And that's exactly what KJV will say, let this mind be in you. You understand, no? So ultimately, we have to be conformed to the image of Christ. The attitude of Christ. The attitude of the mind of Christ. So let's go to uh, ESV now. Hmm? Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves. This attitude, first of all, should is a relational attitude. Actually, the new NIV says, in your relationship with others, let this attitude be in you. Have this mind among yourselves. So again, I'm defining it. See, I'm defining the kind of mind that we're supposed to have. Among yourselves, how do I relate to my brothers? How can I relate to my brothers only if I have a right relationship with God? Love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your understanding, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So in order for me to have a right kind of a receiving signal and transmitting signals, you know, because sometimes you'll be transmitting signals and that will be like spurious signals. That look, oh my, can you touch in the look? 
that word words that's what transmissions no words looks gifts or no gifts that's also a signal when you send don't send any gift also is a signal no you send a gift you don't send a gift it is a signal whom do you send a gift to to whom you whom you value a lot whom you don't send a gift to ha you are not so important to me okay that is also a signal anaya manasilayo sending not sending talking not talking these are all signals not talking is also a signal okay so we have to have an attitude baba attitude control how is your satellite now the problem is now we are on earth and we have to receive from above the submarine is on the earth and it has to receive from the satellite no we don't <laughs> our problem is that no so we have to have, have this mind among ourselves which was also in christ so we are talking about eight attitudes how many attitudes first eight attitudes first attitude though he was in the form of god he did not count equality with god a thing to be grasped in other words he never grasped for privileges it was his rightful position he could order a legion of angels that's exactly what he told peter peter put your sword in your in your sheath if i were to ask my god would he not send a legion of angels not legions legions of legion not what not one angel re 7000 angels minimum now one angel put 140000 people to death in one night you, you multiply it now if it is like a if it's if that kind of a, a, a mathematics is possible exponential multiplication only so position, he did not grasp for even his rightful position that's the point that position was rightfully his but he did not grasp it none of the privileges that he had he used it for himself unlike all our lalbati who's lalbati mla you should see no i am coming what are you going where are you going baba i am going to get drunk to in my farm house you better give me way that's exactly what do, do you think they're all uh, all the time working lalbati laga ke escort escort where are you going baba farm house understand that none of the privileges he used for his own advantage even if the devil tried to tempt him to say come on if you are the son of god if you are the son of god if you are the son of god he said baju hat so the problem is what is an attitude he was more inclined towards his responsibilities as a son than as a than his privileges as god or the son of god 
when we are responsibility minded than privilege minded then we have the right attitude when we are duty minded than salary minded we have the right attitude oh overtime jeshna kada can i get some something extra pastors do overtime 24 by 7 if you have to pay them according to hourly basis, me jizam zarbodu. He refused. Turn to First Corinthians chapter nine, if you will. Ah, uh, excuse me. NIV is also fine. Uh, ESV is fine, I think. Let's just get, let me give you a, just give me a minute, okay? I'll find that verse for you. Oh boy, where's that verse? Um, yeah, verse fifteen onwards. Okay, actually, actually, verse twelve onwards. Verse twelve onwards. Nine verse twelve onwards. If others share this rightful claim on you. Do not we even more? Paul says, nevertheless we have not made use of this right. But we endure anything rather than to put an obstacle in the way of the gospel. Like pastors keep saying, when he goes to mission, he refused to take even a single offering on mission. That's an attitude. Next verse, what does it say? Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple and those who serve the altar share in the sacrificial uh, offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But we now look at, look at Paul's attitude. But I have made no use of these rights. What does, what do communist people say? In Kalab, Zindabad. Lal Salam, Lal Salam. It is our right. It is our fundamental right. That's an attitude. Second, let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. Are we there? And yes, uh, now we can do go back to uh, uh, NKJV, okay? He made himself... Uh, Verse, verse 7. Okay. He made himself of no reputation. Bah! First thing, he did not grasp for privileges. Second thing, he made himself of no reputation. Other translations would use the word, he emptied himself of all his powers as of being a God. And that's something which we will never be able to understand. Can infinity empty itself? Okay, okay inf- Infinity minus infinity doesn't even exist. It's a undefined equation. Ah, NAN. Can infinity empty himself? That's what he did. We have no idea what this means. At least... Some translation, a graspable translation is that he made himself of no reputation. How? How, 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 how? How? 
he came to this world he was in the world the world was made by him but that did the world receive him no did he get offended no he came to his own you know what i said no place did he get offended no his own people said who's this fellow did he get offended no ultimately they put him on the cross did he get offended no that is what it means to be what is that he was numbered among the oh the sinless spotless son of god is going to be called a criminal did he fight no and he said if they call the master of the house belzebub how much will they call their servants in other words do you have a lust for reputation that's what i was talking to pastor in the morning i said pastor the one thing the lord was telling me concentrate on depth concentrate on depth don't look at numbers concentrate on depth concentrate on wherever you are say lord let me just go deep into what you've entrusted into my hands because the lust is always for numbers right but on the contrary it says in revelation chapter 3 verse 1 to the angel of the church of sardis right he who has seven spirits of go of god actually uh, this is nk nkj uh, put it in esv niv whatever esv maybe i don't know okay fine yeah 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 esv okay uh, the words of him who has seven spirits of god and the seven stars i know your works you have a reputation of being alive but you are dead why because your works are not complete before god it says he says you know your works are not complete you finish half and you say it's over like like sal have you finished have you obeyed the commandment of the lord yes i have obeyed the commandment of the lord half done why because he was craving for a what for a reputation he made himself of no reputation look at what it says in john's gospel chapter 7 verse 1 onwards john's gospel chapter 7 verse 1 onwards one onwards <sighs> After these things Jesus walked in Galilee for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. <laughs> I like that okay. Why? <laughs> They wanted to kill him. Now the Jews feast of tabernacles was at hand his brothers therefore said to him depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing for no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. Go and get yourself a reputation. No. No 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 in fact he was so least interested in reputation see what the world runs after god looked at it as if it was nothing what does the world run after riches god said under my feet god what does the world run world run after reputation god says under my feet what is justification by faith alone when i am right only before god and i don't care whether man thinks right or it's like many people might say great many people might not say great that's not my point because today they will say great tomorrow they'll say crucify him they are fickle anyway and reputation with demons also we don't know anyway they are like lying demons we know that you are the son of the living god he said shut your mouth please and get out oh you see they have recognized me no <laughs> get out okay 
Okay, first, don't grasp for privileges. Next, second, don't run after reputation. That's an attitude. That means, how do you do it? You do it secretly. Secretly. Secret giving. Practice secret giving. Over and over and over again. I told you, right? It's a pattern you have to establish. Let's ask God for that grace. Third. Third attitude. He became a not ordinary servant. Bond servant. That is ultimate actually. First of all, he was never a slave. Can you imagine that? He becomes bond servant. Not of course, not bond servant of God, of, of men. Bond servant of God, of course. Look at what it says in Psalm 40, verses 6 and 7. Sacrifice and offerings you do not desire. My ears you have pierced or opened or dug. Burnt offering and sin offering you do not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book that is written of me. And then verse 8. I (coughs) delight to do your will. Oh my God. I just don't want to do your will. I delight to do your will. Your wish is my will and my delight. That is bond servant. What an attitude. First attitude, don't grasp. Second attitude, don't look for reputation. Third attitude, become a bond servant. That is an attitude of the what? That means your repentance should ultimately lead you to this kind of an attitude. And fourth, he became like any ordinary man. You know that? He became like any ordinary man. He says in Hebrews chapter 4, Verse 17. What does this attitude mean? Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 17. Boy, I mean this is convicting me and I hope it convicts all of us. Convicting me like crazy. 417. 17. 417. 417 bro. Hebrews 417. Is it there? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. But but hold on, hold on. I'll tell you the exact verse, okay? I apologize. You have time, right? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, So 2.17, sorry. Thank you. Therefore, Hebrews 2.17, therefore in all things he had to be made like his brothers that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. That means he was tempted in every area. You know what what it means? You know what he says? Whatever you're going through, I understand it. He's got an understanding heart. That's what it means. I'm, I've become like just any, any other man. Whatever you're going through, I understand it. You're going through rejection? I understand it. You're going through slander? I understand it. You're being tempted? Oh, I understand the power of temptation more than you. You're coming to your wit's end. 
I'll have too much of BP. I understand that also. It's, it's, that's exactly what happened to him, no? What, what did he uh, uh, sweat out? Drops of blood. How can drops of blood come out unless your BP is what? What is the highest form, highest BP that you can survive, bro? Doctor? You don't know. <laughs> he doesn't even want to say. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you'll be keeping pushing the limit by eating nonsense, he says. Uh, <laughs> okay. What kind of BP that he had? Blood pressure. That nerves, that tension, that ultimate tension. People talk about work tension. He understands that. Oh, family problems. People in my family, yeah, that also he understands. Full of family problems, yes. I'm the only breadwinner in the home. That also he understands. Full responsibility of the home on my shoulders. He understands that. You name it, he understands. You know what he says? Can you have this kind of a mind? You just have to put your head down, no? We all think about power ministry and this ministry and 25,000 people, 3,500 people on the internet and how many views, bro? <laughs> 36,000 views on YouTube. Are nana? Enna macha? Enna fundra? Can you understand? Can you understand? That is what it means to become like a man. For God to become man, <laughs> not a joke. What does it mean? Now, who is seated at the right hand of uh, the father? Who is he? Who is he, Baba? You know who is who it is? First Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. No, no, 2.15. Wait, wait, wait. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 or 15. 5, 2, 5. 2, 5, 2, 5. Yeah, 2, 5. 2, 5. Thank you. First Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The who? The, not the God Christ Jesus, the man Christ. Now, all eternity, he's going to be what? Boy. I don't think we'll be able to ever be able to understand this. That the pre-incarnation, what we call as a theophany of Jesus, before he was incarnate as a man, people, they, 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 they call him the angel of the Lord. And they just dropped dead when they saw him. Now, who is there at the right hand of the Father interceding for us? The man. The man. You have no idea when he says, strong bulls of Bashan have surrounded me. You have no idea about his work on the cross. We have no idea. No idea. So that is the reason why my blood gets boiled when they reduce and lessen and bring down the standards of God. You have no idea what it means for God to be crucified. You see God there or man there? It is man who be- was God who became man. It was God who was crucified. For the dirtiest of sin that you could ever think of. The vilest offender who truly believes, he says. That sin had to be put on him. We have no idea what that means. The man. It's an attitude. An attitude. Being conformed to the image of Christ until then, Anna. What do you want to do? Fifth, he humbled himself. 
He was not humbled. By the way, hello, 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 hello. Did you understand that? Ah, ah, ah. There's a lot of difference between being humbled and humbling yourself. Jonah was humbled. Rebels have to be humbled, humiliated. God humbled himself. That's an attitude. What is it? An attitude. How do we humble ourselves? Two ways. First Peter, I'm sorry. Psalm 35 was 13, 69, 10 to 12. 69, 10 to 12. You should always say Psalm 69, of course. No? But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting. You know what it says? All of you had a disease of sin. And for your sake, what did I do? I humbled myself. Jesus meditated upon the Psalms. Because all the Psalms were about him. (laughs) I humbled myself with fasting. And my prayer would not, would return to my own heart. 69 verses 10, 10 to 12. Three verses. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. I also made sackcloth my garment. I became a byword to them. And verse 12. Those who sit in the gate speak against me and I'm a song of the drunkards. I humbled myself with fasting. How do you humble yourself? How can we have that kind of an attitude? First Peter chapter 5. Verse 4 onwards. 5 4, 5, 4 onwards. Yeah, 5 onwards actually. Sorry. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes! All of you be submissive to one another and be what? Clothed with humility. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does Be clothed with humility. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to come under authority. Submit yourself. It's difficult. And when somebody says something to you, elder to you, will you get offended? Yes, you might get upset. It might hurt your flesh. It might hurt your ego. But that's the whole point. <laughs> because hedonism is there. Egoism is also there, no? <laughs> you already learned all that, Baba. All isms are there. But that's the point. Oh, he doesn't know, pastor doesn't know. My, 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 what is that? Vairagyam. You know what Vairagyam means? My surrender. Does not know. That's the whole point. What says thou, Sam? (laughs) Sam is looking at me. (laughs) Yo, he's saying. Pastor Vijay, you are trapped by the words of your own mouth, he's saying. (laughs) Hallelujah. So he, he, see how he humbled it. Let's just, he did not grasp for privileges. He made himself of no reputation. He became a bond servant. He became a man. He humbled himself. Five, six. He became obedient. That's the point. What is obedient? How did he become obedient? It says in Hebrews chapter five, he knows this very well. Verses seven to eight. 
who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear and though he was a son yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now think about it. Can, can, he, can man teach God? Can man teach God? But he learned obedience it says. Obedience. Obedience has to be learnt. Ardhamenda. Vidheta ni nirchukovali. Yela nirchukundam vidheta. Sramala gunda vellite. Manali manan sramala gunda vellite. Manali manan taginchukunte. Appudu manan vidheta ni nirchukundam. Only those people who allow sufferings to come and they humble themselves when they are going through suffering. Those are the people who learn obedience. Nothing else. Nobody else. He humbled himself. He became obedient. Seven, what kind of obedience was this? He became obedient unto the death of the cross. Meaning cross was a central. This is the seventh one. The in fact, you can put six and seven together because I have to put seven. But anyways, I, I thought I'll make it another point. Eight is a new beginning anyway, so no problem. Eight is a, not a bad number. So the point here is this. He says, he became obedient to the death on the cross, meaning cross was in his mind right from the beginning. That's exactly what he gives a revelation to the to his disciples on the on the at Caesar of Philippi. You know that, right? In Matthew chapter sixteen, you can turn there. If you go to Matthew chapter sixteen, verses twenty one to twenty four, after Simon says, "You are the Son of God," flesh and blood has not revealed to you. And verse twenty one onwards, Jesus begins to tell them something. He says, "From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and." Ah, suffer many things. From the elders, chief priests, scribes, and be killed, and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And what does he say? Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, because you are not ah, mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Mindful of the things of God. So, how do you know that you are mindful of God? What does it mean to be obedient on the death of the cross? How do you know that you can be mindful, that you are mindful of the things of God, that you are mindful towards God, that your mind is in accordance to godliness? How do you know it? First Peter chapter 2. Sorry, four, chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4, verses 1, one and 3. 1 to 3. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh, what has happened to you? You're ceasing from sinning. Your sinning is getting lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser by the day. That means you're getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the target. To the target. To the standard. What is the standard? The mind of Christ. <laughs> Arm yourself with the same mind. Cross means what? Not my thoughts, but God's thoughts. Not my ways, but God's ways. Not man's ways, but God's ways. That is a cross. Cross and theology into the body. 
Every time you exchange your ways to God's ways, that means you are carrying a cross. Simple. Finally, let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. Verse 9. Therefore, God has has exalted him. Meaning, what is the mind? You wait for the exaltation to come from God. That is the mind. What is the mind? When you wait for your exaltation to come from God. You refuse to exalt yourself. May God grant us that mind, my dear brothers and sisters. We refuse to exalt ourselves. How do you apply this in our lives? First Peter chapter 2, verses 18 to 23. And we will stop. Servants, be submissive to your masters. Can you put it in the ESV if you don't mind? I like that ESV. It's so many words which I like come there. Okay, which not I like which I want to communicate. Servants be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of... Kya baat hai? Mindful of God. You just underline that if you have an ESV Bible. If you don't have it, get one. Okay. For this is a gracious thing. When being mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. And then, for what credit it is, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure. For if when you are, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. Go on. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But, Continued, and I told you, right? Discipline is, discipline is a continuous, consistent attitude. But continued entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. That means he was waiting for his exaltation and his vindication to come from God and God alone. And this is the attitude of Christ. Or the mind of Christ. Because ultimately we are all... Po- Looking for, I'm a better preacher than him. Can I do have a more knowledge than him? What? This is exactly the jostling for competition in the kingdom of God. Do your work. Let God exalt you. First Peter chapter 5. Verse 6 and 7 and 8. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So that at the appropriate time, he may exalt you. What is that appropriate time? I'll tell you what that appropriate time is. It could be on this side of eternity, it could be on that on that side of eternity, first thing. If it is in this side of eternity, when God exalts you, it will not get into your head. That exaltation will come from God and it will be like Joseph. 
You know what he'll do? Am I in the place of God, he says, when his brothers come to him. In, in other words, he refuses to take the place of God. He comes under the submi- submission of God. That is when God knows when to exalt, what time to exalt, so that it will not destroy you, so that you will not come under the trap and the snare of the devil. He knows exactly the right moment to, to exalt. So don't try to exalt yourself. Don't try to, uh, to become better than that person. Just do the best that you can. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty arm of God, so that in the proper time he may exalt you. And when should I? When should I? Cast all your anxieties, Baba, on him. Because he cares for you. He cares for you. Don't worry. Be sober minded, we already looked at that. Cast all your anxieties on him. Oh, people will take advantage of me. Cast that anxiety on people, on, on God. If you're if they're taking advantage of you, what should you do? Let them take their take advantage. <laughs> it's okay. What are you going to lose? Are you going to lose anything? You have got nothing into this world. You will take nothing from this world. Lose, Baba. You cannot lose with God. Period. Period. Pura accounts up settle ho jayega wahan par. Koi dikkat nahi. Hindi bhi aagya abhi. No dikkat at all. Psalm 75, verses 4 to 10, and we will stop. I say to the boastful, (laughs) do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Kommulu rakodhana na. Kommulu chine, antamagada, telugu The fellow's got horns now. Means pride. That's the reason I think devil is depicted with two horns. The lamb has no horns. Ultimately, he will be the unique horn. Finished. God will give him the exaltation finally. He will be numero, you know, who? Jesus Christ. Every horn will be under him. I say that to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. That's what og means. What is that? Og means long neck. For now, for not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes exaltation or lifting up. But it is God who executes judgments, putting down one and lifting up and other. And on that day, it will be full of surprises. For you, especially, for all of us. Many who were last will become first. Many who are first will become last. And then next, next two verses. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it. And all the wicked of the earth shall drain it to the dregs. <laughs> but I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. And verse 10. All the horns of the wicked I will cut off. But the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. Therefore, let this mind be in you. Shall we pray? Father, we just thank you. We praise you, we worship you. We give you glory. Continue to work your word into the deepmost parts of our inner man and cause us to walk in your ways. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.